Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another coronavirus episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can hear me on Fox Sports Radio. And you can read me someplace soon. I promise. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. Now, I nearly ran this episode out a couple days ago because I saw something that caught my attention and disturbed me so much that I just felt I needed to respond. So I, I was considering throwing out a bonus episode. But cooler heads prevailed, and I gave it a little more thought. And so I'm still a little worked up, and we're still going to hit the same subject. But it's with a little more thought and consideration, because after all, isn't that what you expect from this podcast? Yes, yes it is. The subject at hand, the MVP candidates for this season. And I know I touched upon this in a podcast not that long ago, but in light of everything that's going on in the world, this triggered something in me because I think it does relate to what's going on in the world at large. I'm going to warn you now, this podcast is probably going to go in a couple of different directions. But all of this is inspired by NBA.com releasing its first NBA MVP rankings, the MVP ladder, as they call it. Now, right away, this goes to the heart of the issue that we have in the media today, which is... When something erroneous or out of line is broadcast or released or publicized, question is, do you draw attention to it by talking about it? Or do you ignore it and hope that everyone else will do likewise? I have, more often than not, tried to take the approach of, I'm going to ignore it. I'm not going to give it credence or justification by actually talking about it. But I also feel in looking at 
what is engulfing our country today, that that has led to a lot of circumstances, unfortunate circumstances, because we've just hoped that cooler, saner heads would prevail, that those are just the crazies out there. Those are just the extremists. And by ignoring what's going on, we've allowed it to gain oxygen from those who are willing to give it. So I know that the MVP, ladder, rankings, anything involving professional sports does not rate on the level of the other events, incidents, and issues that are facing our country right now. But this is my realm. And so rather than not speak out, I am going to. Now, I will tell you that there's another element here, and I believe that it's also one of the elements that affects our greater good, is relationships are a huge key, whether it's in the NBA or it's our governing body. Relationships are vital. Access to people is vital. And what I'm going to, about to say about the NBA rankings is going to put me in conflict with people that I have known a long time, people that I generally respect, and people that have been helpful to me in one way or another. But not to speak, to be quiet in order to protect those relationships is to suggest that those relationships cannot hold up to the truth. And that's the hard decision that I think we all have to make, is that am I going to stay silent or am I going to accept something that I believe is inherently wrong and damaging in order to protect my relationship and my access and to not ruffle feathers? Or am I going to speak my truth? Today on this subject... I'm going to speak my truth. And I don't want to come off as some brave, righteous crusader for taking this stand. But I've reflected. This is not shooting from the hip. This is something that I believe could be valuable to many of you as you make your own decisions on what to believe and what not to believe. So here are the rankings. Uh, the top 10 MVP candidates ranked by NBA.com. This is some seven, eight games into the season. The top of the list, LeBron James. Number two, Luka Doncic. Number three, Paul George. Number four, Joel Embiid. Number five, Stephen Curry. Number six, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number seven, Nikola Jokic. Number eight, this is where it gets good. Well, it's already good, but DeMontis Sabonis and Jason Tatum tied for number eight. And then Damian Lillard, nine, and David Booker. Now, whenever I look at any sort of ranking, any sort of top whatever list, I always first consider a couple things. Who is putting it together? Who are the people putting it together? What's the brain trust? Where's it coming from? And two, what is their rationale? What is their basis of analysis. Sometimes it can be analytical, sometimes it, it can it can vary. And if I can't determine exactly what it is, then the list is already troubled. There has to be some 
sense of this is the baseline of measurement, whatever it may be. And so I'm, this is already problematic. Sekou Smith, longtime NBA insider, if that's the term we're going to use, uh, writer, uh, known him for a long time, respect him, think he's solid. He's, it's his byline on this list. But it's not clear as to if it's his list exclusively or if it's NBA.com's. Is it a group of writers? ESPN.com has become famous for having what they term some almost 100 experts. I don't know how many it is, but it's um, smaller than a garage and bigger than a breadbasket. And yes, I know that sounds kind of nonsensical, but just roll roll with me on this. It's a podcast after all, for God's sake. They use these panels of 20, 30, 50, 100 experts, and I'm using air quotes, in order to devise their rankings of players and teams, et cetera, et cetera. Now, look, there was a time where Mark Stein, a former colleague at ESPN, was the one who put out his rankings. You knew it was Mark. He explained it. That, to me, was ideal. Told you right up front, this is my call. This is why I'm calling it. I can respect that. I can appreciate that, whether I agree or disagree. It's sound. I understand where it's coming from and what it's based on. This, I'm already confused. Now, I will tell you, I have no problem with LeBron James being at the top of the list. He was my MVP last season. And when I look at, I was just thinking about this last night as I watched the Denver Nuggets and watching the Los Angeles Lakers. And as because we've become accustomed to this, comparing players and situations. And I thought, if I were writing right now, one of the things that I would ask a number of executives, I, I'd be interested. I give you the choice. You can have Nikola Jokic or you could have Anthony Davis. Which one would you pick? And then I, as I do, thought, well, which one would I want? And when it comes to playing with LeBron James, I would rather have Anthony Davis. I believe that he's a great fit along LeBron James. But if I were starting a team, I would pick Nikola Jokic because of his playmaking ability. Anthony Davis is more versatile, but Nikola Jokic is far more capable of making the players around him better. I don't think he's quite the same defensive player that Anthony Davis is, but if you watch how he orchestrates things, and I think this is one of the issues that the Denver Nuggets are facing right now, is that in the bubble, Jamal Murray really took over. And now, for whatever reason, Nikola Jokic's skills are coming to the fore. They're playing more through him. And this is more anecdotal. But I feel as if Jamal Murray played a bigger role in the bubble and they've gone back to Jokic. And now being able to utilize Jamal Murray, I believe he's struggling finding his place with Jokic orchestrating more. That's always been the tricky combination there. Nonetheless, if I have LeBron James, I'm happy to have Anthony Davis. LeBron James as the top of the MVP rankings coming into the season makes all the sense in the world to me. I said this in a previous conversation. It's starting with the number two pick 
that I really start to get confused. And why entering the season, Luka Doncic was at the top of the odds makers list. And Seiko explicitly notes that the odds makers influenced his picks. He notes that the odds makers had the list coming into the season. Okay, those are odds makers. Are we allowing Vegas or betting sites to determine who we consider the MVPs of the league? Is that how we're getting this done? Are they now the experts that we're supposed to be listening to? Are they the ones that are determining? Because theirs is there's a business aspect to their odds making. Yes, they do a tremendous amount of research and because they their livelihoods depend on uh, knowing what's what. But handicapping is a little bit more than that. There's more involved. In any event, I took issue with Doncic being coming into the season as the prospective MVP of this season. I, I didn't understand it. And again, this is where a relationship, Bill Duffy is Luka Doncic's agent. There's been no one who has championed Luka Doncic as a player in the NBA more than I have, I think. Bill Duffy and I go way back to his first client, Steve Nash. I did a book with, he asked me to do a book with Yao Ming, which I will internally, uh, eternally be grateful for. But I am not going to allow any of that to prevent me from speaking my truth. And the absolute truth, as I see it, is no way, no how, should Luka Doncic be number two on the first MVP rankings by NBA.com or anybody else. Okay, I'll allow some visionary conjecture coming into the season that Doncic could be the MVP this year. I'll allow it. I don't see what it was based on, but I'll allow it. But now, some eight, nine games into the season, I'm perplexed that we would still have him right there at the top. The Dallas Mavericks are four and four as I record this. They're not even listed among the top eight playoff teams in the Western Conference. Luka Doncic is turning the ball over at a horrific rate. His assist to turnover ratio is two to one. That is not good. Three to one is the gold standard for point guards. Never mind league MVPs. He's shooting some 20% from three-point range, and it hasn't inspired him to shoot less from range. He's still taking some seven three-pointers a game. So when I add all that together, how do we get to Luka Doncic being number two on the MVP rankings at this point in the season? Even Steph Curry at number five seems extraordinary to me. Now, my guess is that we've seen both Curry with his 62-point game and Doncic with his game winner in OT over the Denver Nuggets, that we've seen some highlights that suggest, well, this is what they could be. Okay, that to me is not what the MVP is all about. We're not cherry-picking highlights, the things that 
the shiny objects that might capture the attention of the largest audience. Again, I would say, that's why we find ourselves where we find ourselves as a country, as a whole. When things are said and perpetuated, and we can't clearly see the reason why, then that's how conspiracy theories grow and gain steam. And I'll offer a simple one based on Doncic being rated the way he has been so mysteriously. It's that the NBA is looking for their next great white hope. That with all of the Black Lives Matter and the issues when it comes to uh, the audience and turning off fans, they need to balance the scales. They need to find that white face that they can champion for those who may have been turned off by LeBron and the boycott and everything else. Now, do I believe in that conspiracy? No, I don't believe that's what is driving this. At least, I don't. I was about to say, I hope. I don't. But I understand in the absence of being able to rationally explain, based on where we are and what is happening, why Luka Doncic would be ranked as high as he is, when I look across the board at some of these other names and why he would be there, ranked ahead of Joel Embiid, if I look at the list as a whole, the conspiracy theory that I started with Doncic actually can be fed in a number of ways. Like the Indiana Pacers, one of the best records in the Eastern Conference. Who is their leader? Who is their leader in statistically? Who's their floor leader? Who's their scoring leader? It's Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon, the Pacer point guard who has been very outspoken, is also black. Is he on this list? No. DeMontis Sabonis is on the list. Jason Tatum for the Boston Celtics, tied with Sabonis. He hasn't been as forthcoming as Jalen Brown, who some believe has been the best player on the Celtics this year. Nikola Jokic, as much as I think he is an MVP candidate, a dark horse for the entire season, they have a losing record. And yet, he's ranked here seventh on the list ahead of <laughs> Sabonis and Tatum whose teams are better my general point is the list makes no sense and why does that matter we're eight games into the season it can change so who cares ultimately who cares what influence does it have well there's a reason I bring this up because I'm reminded of a conversation that I had with an NBA GM not that long ago about how teams pre-draft boards are created. And the GM said that they're formed off of the independent scouting services, NBA Draft, Net, uh, Rivals.com, I suppose ESPN.com's having one and I I don't have reason to use the word gobsmacked all that often but I have to tell you I was stunned I'm still stunned when I think about it the NBA with all its resources its scouts its analytics experts 
its contacts, its executives, outsources its initial ranking of draft prospects. Now, again, maybe asking, why is that important? Plenty of time to change, plenty of time to shift it. You're right. But it's important because of the weight that initial list carries and the fact that that list is not being devised by someone who actually makes the selections. Now, in the case of the MVP, I'm sure that Seiko, uh, Seiku has a vote. So technically, he is someone who is going to pick, but he's one person. And we don't even know if it's just him. Uh, I assure you that the whatever number of people at ESPN who uh, comprise their lists, whether it's the player rankings or their MVP selections or whatever, that not all of them have votes. Not all of them are identified by the NBA as credentialed media. So we have these lists. And in the case of the draft, you have a vast majority of teams, as far as I can tell, who use this same process to start out. That, my friends, is why the lists are important. Because there are people out there that are making decisions based off them. This isn't just somebody putting out an opinion. I also saw where the NBA.com list was then put out by NBA TV and copied by another outlet called Hoop Central, without comment, uh, identified that it was from NBA.com. But these lists then get circulated. And with each circulation, with each time they are reposted, they gain credence, credibility, exposure. And so I, once this list came out, I started thinking, uh, especially after I had the conversation with the GM about how teams are actually building their lists, their initial lists, their initial draft boards off of these scouting services. I was wondering, has anybody ever done a story about the guys that were ranked high and were never drafted, never made it into the NBA? Because we see plenty of stories about guys who are sleepers, who were drafted late, who we'd never heard of. Got a few going on now. Taylor Horton Tucker Patrick Williams was not supposed to go nearly as high as he was as he did going to the Bulls as a sixth man for Florida State. We hear those stories. But what about the guys that and not the guys that undo it themselves, the guys who do themselves in, but guys who simply were ranked way, way too high and are never drafted or never pan out. There aren't any such stories. They haven't been done. And so I was asking some people in the league, and one scout told me that just look at the McDonald's American, All-American rosters. There's plenty of guys that were McDonald's All-Americans. That's supposedly one of the top uh, 15 or so high school players in the country. You would think that that means that you are NBA bound if you were selected that high. Or even in college, ranked high on the draft boards. And so I did my own research 
and I don't really know these guys all that well. I know the names. I don't know their whole stories, but a couple just to throw out there. Trayvon Duval, uh, 2018 draft. He was projected to be drafted by the Spurs in the second round. Not a big deal, but hey, one of the top 60 players. He was ranked third among all high school prospects in 2015, and ESPN ranked him as 96 on a scale of 100. Every single scouting service had him as a five-star recruit. You would think that means he's NBA caliber. Now, forget about coming out early from Duke or any of that. The fact of the matter is, never played in the NBA. I believe he's in the G League now. Malik Newman. McDonald's All-American, played in the Nike Hoop Summit, played at Kansas. He was supposed to go first among three guys, McCalliuk and Devontae Graham being the other two. The other two are the ones that were drafted and are currently in the NBA. Devontae Graham doing a hell of a job for the Charlotte Hornets and McCalliuk with the Detroit Pistons. Malik Newman plays in the Turkish League. So it matters. And what does it matter? Because a lot of these guys get an opportunity strictly because they're on this list. And it's taking opportunities away from other guys that ultimately may deserve it. That's that's my issue with it. And so in the big picture, when it comes to the MVP race and the MVP ladder, it's a matter of are guys being discounted? If they're not on the list now, is there any possibility that somebody outside of the top 10 could potentially rise up and win it? Much easier for Luka Doncic to win it at this point than it would be for, say, somebody who's not even on the list like a Malcolm Brogdon. Now, I've never liked being someone who just criticizes someone else's picks. I believe in put up or shut up. So if I'm going to criticize NBA.com's list for making no sense, then don't I have to give a list of my own? Yes. Yes, I do. And so here is my list, and I'm not going to give you a detailed explanation on each guy, but I'm going to give you the general reference as to how and why I picked who I did so that I fulfill my obligation you'll know what the criteria is and you'll know who it's coming from. Me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, you should know that the first criteria that I give weight to is whether the player in question is a two-way player. If they're not, a two-way player, if they can't influence the game at both ends, not all the time, obviously that's a heavy load to carry, but in need situations, if if there's somebody that, say, you hide at the defensive end or is limited offensively, is not creating a whole lot, may score a lot, doesn't necessarily create for others, That's they can't be an MVP in my book. 
there's a rare exception. Steph Curry was a rare exception because of the intangibles when it came to leadership. And that's something we'll get into uh, as well. But a guy who inspires his teammates, that counts. So anybody who's looking for straight analytics, straight numbers, this is the wrong place. I've used numbers in certain occasions, but it's more to do with if this guy is being graded because he's a great offensive player, then all of the numbers better sing for him. And if they don't, then I'm going to point them out. Team success also matters, although this early in the season, it's a little bit hard to really define teams that are in the running and aren't. And I'm hard-pressed to make a distinction between a team that's, say, 6-4 and four and 4-5. Four and five. Okay, so on to the list. Starting from 10, going to 1. Number 10, what do you know? That's where Luka Doncic is on my MVP ladder. I just can't justify having him higher. Again, not a two-way player. And the numbers have to sing. And they simply are not. The turnover ratio is less than 2 to 1. The shooting percentage from three-point range is 22% at the time of this recording. And yet he's taking a ton of them. It's not for lack of volume. It's because of volume. Yes, they've played a decent schedule, and yes, they have a couple of quality wins. Yes, his usage rate leads the entire league, but they play at a slow pace, and one of the slowest, 26, I think, in the league. And so he dominates the ball, playing slow, which means that he's going to have really big numbers, and he shouldn't have really big turnovers. So I just can't put him higher than 10. Love his game. He's not an MVP at this stage. Not a guy who's vying to win it at this stage. Next, I already mentioned this name. Malcolm Brogdon of the Indiana Pacers. Speaking of assist turnover, this man is the exact opposite of Luka Doncic right now. Not only is he more of a defensive factor, but... His shooting from three-point range is well over 40%. And he's handing out four and a half dimes for every turnover. And the Pacers collectively have been a much better team. Now, you might hear of DeMontis Sabonis or Victor Oladipo. And yes, this is a team that collectively has been contributing. And shout out to Nate Bjorken. Don't know a whole lot about him, but he has this team playing well in spite of no bona fide superstars. But Malcolm Brogdon's floor generalship and his efficiency makes him an MVP at this stage of the season. Number eight. And the next two names are practically interchangeable at this point. But number eight, the Trailblazers, Damian Lillard. He's eight and Steph Curry is seven, largely because right now CJ McCollum is the most efficient, effective player that the Blazers have. Of course, we have to take into account the fact that teams come into every game game planning for Damian Lillard. And one of the beauties of both Damian and Steph, the reason why they're paired as they are, is because they have the unique ability of stepping up when need be, leading a team, setting the pace, and yet making room for others to shine. 
and not being impacted by that, not demanding that they dominate the ball. They get the most out of the players that they have around them. But at this stage, Damien's not playing very efficiently, still rounding into shape. Same thing with Steph. I know he had the 62-point game. I know that he's had a game winner, uh, at least one, if not two. But the fact of the matter is his efficiency is not good. And they have won with him not playing well. Again, the beauty of Steph is that he makes room for other guys to shine. But this team took a significant turn when Draymond Green came back. And that's because he's an indispensable part of what makes Steph Curry special. So that is 10, 9, 8, and 7. Number 6 is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. And this is where we begin to make a turn. Jokic, I'm not going to say is a huge defensive presence, but he's more of a defensive presence than any of the previous four names that I mentioned. And more important, among the five, he is the one whose numbers, offensive numbers, absolutely sing. Averaging a triple-double, shooting lights out over 40% from three-point range, assist turnover ratio for a big solid two plus and I don't know if he's in better shape or simply the pack has come back to him nobody's in great shape but he doesn't look like he's laboring the way I've seen him in the past particularly at the end of games he's had enough to get the job done and now for the top five starting with the two-time defending MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo you can't ignore the numbers. You can't ignore the Bucks record. Yes, Chris Middleton has been more of a playmaker, seems to be asserting himself in that way. Yes, we've seen Giannis miss clutch free throws and not have what it takes to close out games. That's been the case the last couple of years. No different. But I can't ignore the impact that he makes or the Bucks' overall excellence. Number four. Paul George of the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, there's a lot that troubles me about the Clippers as far as being title contenders or making up for last year. And there's some things that trouble me about Paul George as well. But there's no denying that he's a two-way player. And if you look at what he's doing right now offensively, and particularly the way the game is being played, the man is shooting over 50% from three-point range, and he's taking eight threes a game. That is simply an impact that I cannot ignore. Solid on the boards, solid as a playmaker, and I know Kawhi Leonard is right there for all the criticism that the Clippers and Kawhi and PG are getting. Fact of the matter is, they're seven and four. They've beaten some good teams. Yes, they've lost a couple games to bad teams that they should not have lost. But between the two, PG to me has been more of a factor, especially on the defensive end. Kawhi has not been good defensively, not the way we know that he can be. So PG gets my nod. Number three, this is probably a shock to anybody because imagine not many of you have been watching, but I have. And that's why 
Shea Gilgis Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder is number three on my MVP list. Do I think he's going to be there at the end? Probably not. But the fact that that team right now, as I record this, has a winning record and a playoff spot. Yes, it's only by one win. And yes, it's the eighth playoff spot. But if you look at their roster, and if you've watched, don't go by the statistics, you have to watch the Thunder. There's only one player on that team that gets everything for everybody else. And that's Gilgis Alexander. And that's coming from somebody who was not convinced that he was all that as recently as last season, both before the shutdown and in the bubble. Thought he was good, was not convinced that he could lead a team. So far this season, I'm wrong. Number two, Chris Paul. I know the Phoenix Suns were 8-0 without him in the bubble last year. But again, if you watch the Phoenix Suns, you know who organizes them, you know who defines them, you know who inspires them. And that's Chris Paul. Don't give me the 13-point scoring average because the assist turnover is like five and a half. If they were leaning heavy on Devin Booker or any particular scorer, then I might have a different view. But the fact of the matter is, Booker's only averaging 23. But they have five guys averaging double digits. Six if you include Jay Crowder's 9.9. That is a direct result of Chris Paul's distribution. That's why he's number two. And then number one, this really is not a surprise. Kind of let the cat out of the bag at the beginning. LeBron James. His level of confidence right now is, I was going to say bordering on arrogance. It's flat out arrogant. He's not playing particularly hard. He just understands exactly what he has to do in order to win. And There's times, look, where he misses defensive rotations, where they come out slow, and yet I can't fault him for any of that. First of all, he just made a championship run at 35. He's got his eyes on another championship. I'm not going to begrudge him that he's not going hard or doesn't go hard all the time. When we want to get into other conversations about other comparisons, yes, all of that matters. But here... In terms of what's going on this season, he's playing this exactly right. So there you have it. My top 10 MVP candidates. My MVP ladder going into the 2021 season. I know in the last podcast that I promised you that we were either going to discuss what the hell's going on with Pascal Siakam or we would get into Christian Wood. I'm actually hoping to have a guest Uh, to explain and discuss one of those two. And because this MVP thing came up and I was just perturbed by it, I decided that I needed to address it. So we will get to one of those two subjects in the next podcast, unless something extraordinary happens. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And I'm going to be frank here. I believe this is one of the best basketball podcasts out there. I know it's self-serving to say that, but you wouldn't be listening if you didn't agree. And yet, 
I see some other podcasts that are not nearly as popular or as high quality, and yet they have more ratings. They have more reviews. How can that be? I'm a competitive person. Now, look, I know it's in large part or in some part because they've been around longer than this podcast has. So they've been able to accumulate them. But that really doesn't matter to me. I'd like to get that number up. You could help me doing that. Do me a solid. Rate, review the show. Quick line, couple stars, whatever you want to give me, but I would appreciate it. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.